the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Revelation. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. God had a plan and a mission to save the world. Because we're all sinners and we're all separated from God because of our sin. And so he raises up the nation of Israel. He gives birth to a nation out of nothing. I mean, Abraham was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. Where did the first Jew come from? Abraham became the first Jew because God selected him as a pagan Gentile that through his seed, all nations would be blessed. Out of the seed of Abraham is birthed a nation, the Jewish nation. And God had a redemptive plan in mind when he selected Abraham. Our God is so good. From before time began, He knew that you and I would need a Savior. And He had a plan. The incredible thing about God is that He is God, and His plans always come through. His plans are perfect. They're perfectly timed. They're perfectly positioned. Everything we need in the world we can find in God's plan of redemption. Pastor Gary is going to trace that plan of redemption through the history of Israel in today's message. Come watch The Master Plan by The Master Planner unfold. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 12 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. There was some kind of a, you know, a copper-like or a bronze-like appearance of him such that he glistened, and it shouldn't surprise us because Paul writes in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that Satan masquerades around as an angel of light. There is something very illuminating, very brilliant, very beautiful about how Satan was originally created, even when he was thrown to earth and cast out of heaven and appears in the form of a serpent, that he still maintains some kind of a glistening copper-like appearance. But God goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 to refer to him here in this passage of Revelation 12 as the serpent of old. He's also known here in verse 9 as the devil. The devil in Greek is diabolos, and it means accuser. And then also he's known here as Satan. In fact, that's the same spelling in Hebrew as Satan. Satan means literally adversary or enemy. And Peter will write in 1 Peter 5.8 that we need to be self-controlled and alert because our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's on the hunt for you, for me. And he's also known here in this passage as the one who deceives the whole world. Paul will write in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age, small g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. 
Satan's ambition is to deceive people from coming into the knowledge of the truth. And he will do whatever he can to deceive people from understanding the truth of who Jesus is. And what's worse, the fifth title for him here is the accuser of the brethren in verse 10. And it tells us that he accuses us before God day and night. Like he's relentless in his accusations. And by the way, not only does he accuse us before God, but he loves to accuse you to you. He loves to whisper to you. You're not really saved. He loves to whisper to you. God doesn't really love you. He loves to whisper to you. He accuses you. You think that you've been forgiven of that sin. You haven't been forgiven of that sin. He loves to shame and accuse and to lie to us. Jesus said he is a liar and the father of lies. And his ambition, because he knows, notice the way that section ended that I just read. He knows that his time is short. There in verse 12. He knows his time is short. And so he wants to take as many people with him as possible. That's his ambition. And he hates you because you look like and are related to and are loved by your father. And so he hates you. He hates your life. He hates your marriage. He hates your kids. He hates everything about you. And his intent is to destroy. And so we have to be on our guard. That's why Peter said, I just read it a moment ago, 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, John, as he writes this, is actually going back in time. Remember, not everything in the Bible is chronological, and not everything in Revelation is necessarily chronological. There's some things that are kind of circular. John actually goes back and makes reference here to when Satan was expelled from heaven because originally Satan was created as this guardian cherub. In fact, in Ezekiel chapter 28, it tells us that Satan was originally created as an an anointed guardian cherub before he rebelled against God. And he was of the highest angelic order in Ezekiel 28. It tells us that his body was adorned with every precious stone like ruby, topaz, emerald, and sapphire listed there in Ezekiel 28, that his settings and mountings, it's interesting terminology, the King James says his tabrets and pipes, and when you dig out the original language of the Hebrew in Ezekiel 28, it indicates to us that Satan was actually, when he was created by God, had musical instrumentation embedded in his being, that he was He was, it is believed, the worship leader in heaven. And somebody once said that when he was kicked out of heaven, he landed in the choir. (laughs) If you're not a pastor, you don't get that joke. But anyway, um, and so he was kicked out of heaven. And John actually refers to this when he talks there in verse 7 about war breaking out in heaven. Do you see that there in Revelation 12? And war broke out in heaven. And Michael, he's, he's the archangel Michael. Michael's mentioned five times in the, in the Bible. That, that Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Okay, so there's this coup in heaven. There's this rebellion in heaven where Satan leads this, this revolt against God. And some of the angels join with him. And it tells us that his angels fought. And so Michael and other angels in heaven are... And so yet you got to imagine this, this angelic battle that is happening in heaven. Satan is leading this rebellion. And he's, and he's getting as many angels to come with him in this rebellion. 
But it says in verse 8, but they did not prevail, and no place was found for them in heaven any longer. I mean, you're going to lead a coup against God. You got to go. And so after they lost, God kicks them out of heaven. And so Satan and these fallen angels, otherwise known as demons, are now given the territory of the earth as their playground. And so in the unseen realm, we can't see them, but these fallen angels, these demonic principalities, now are trying to influence everything and everyone in our world. And all you have to do is turn on TV and watch a little news, and you can see that this is true. This is true. This is what is happening. And this is why in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes about how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, unseen, but demonic principalities at work. Satan, as the leader of these demonic principalities, these, these angels that rebelled with him, kicked out of heaven, and now their domain is the earth. And um, it, it talks about how the angels were cast out with him at the end of verse 9 and cast to the earth. Jesus in Luke ten eighteen told us that he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Because, of course, Jesus being God was there when Satan was kicked out of heaven. And Jesus testified to it in Luke ten eighteen. He said, yeah, I was there when Satan was kicked out of heaven and kicked to earth and his angels who rebelled with him. Now, how many rebelled with him? We don't know. The Bible says that a third of the stars went with Satan. How many is a third of the angelic hosts? We don't know how many this represents. Tens of thousands, millions, we don't know. A lot. One demon is one too many. <laughs> but all of this is to give us this background here of, of the dragon and who he is and what he's up to. So now, if Israel is in fact represented here by the woman, Satan is represented here by the dragon, then the question becomes, who is the male child who is mentioned here that the woman gives birth to? Well, again, look at verse 5. In verse 5, it says, and she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Circle that, a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. All right, there's a lot right in there. First of all, circle rod of iron and then circle caught up to God. The rod of iron is literally an iron scepter. And it is obviously something that one who is a ruler would possess. And in fact, in Psalm chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it's a messianic passage, and it says this, Psalm 2, 8 and 9, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron... You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Psalm 2, a messianic passage referring to the Messiah who has a rod of iron or literally an iron scepter as he rules the nations in the future. And in chapter 19, if you'll jump ahead in your Bibles, Revelation 19, go ahead to chapter 19 real quick. I want to show you verse 15 because Revelation 19 is about the return of Jesus to the earth after the tribulation is over, when he comes to settle everything with the battle of Armageddon. And in Revelation chapter 19, verse 15, now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with what? A rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So, 
The rod of iron is an iron scepter. It's the picture of a king. This is a reference to Messiah. So the male child is none other than Jesus Christ. And it tells us, if you go back now to Revelation 12, it tells us also in verse 5, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. What's that a reference to? It's a picture of when Christ rose from the dead and then ascended back into heaven where he presently is. And he's coming again that he was caught up to God and to his throne. So now we have to tie all this together here because you have a picture of the woman being a picture of Israel, not Mary. The Roman Catholic Church says it's Mary. It's more than that. This is the picture of Israel. The dragon is Satan. The male child is a picture here of Jesus. When you put it all together, here's the whole concept. John is seeing for us the redemptive plan of God, that God had a plan and a mission to save the world. Because we're all sinners and we're all separated from God because of our sin. And so he raises up the nation of Israel. He gives birth to a nation out of nothing. I mean, Abraham was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. Where did the first Jew come from? Abraham became the first Jew because God selected him as a pagan Gentile that through his seed, all nations would be blessed. Out of the seed of Abraham is birthed a nation, the Jewish nation. And God had a redemptive plan in mind when he selected Abraham. That through his seed, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob would eventually come a Messiah, Jesus. That the nation of Israel would give birth to a Messiah. And through that Messiah, Jesus, all people can be saved as many as would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can anybody say amen? amen? So this is God's redemptive plan. This is what he has in mind. Giving birth to a Messiah through a Jewish nation that he created out of nothing, just the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But ever since God's intent to bring redemption to the world through a Savior, only one Savior, Jesus Christ, Satan has stood opposed to that redemptive plan. And Satan has always, through the ages, done what he has tried to do to thwart the redemptive plan of God. And thus, when John talks about the dragon was sitting in a place where he was ready to devour the male child, he's speaking about how Satan has always been attempting to thwart the redemptive plan of God, to destroy the whole messianic line, to destroy the whole redemptive plan so that nobody can be saved. And when you look historically at all the different times that Satan has really tried to just kill the whole redemptive plan, and and you see how Satan has incited anti-Semitism around the world from the beginning of time. I mean, beginning with with Pharaoh. I mean, the whole plan with Pharaoh and the Hebrew slaves was, was, was in a sense, to really eliminate the Jewish people. Satan was, was behind Pharaoh of Egypt. When Pharaoh was angry that he had decided to let the people go, and he goes chasing after them, Pharaoh had in in mind to destroy them, to kill them, to wipe them out. Satan was behind Haman of Persia in the book of Esther when there was a plot to exterminate the Jews. Satan was behind Herod the Great of Rome when Herod had all the baby boys killed and the attempt to kill Jesus in the process. Satan was behind, of course, Hitler, of Germany. Satan was behind radical Islam today, where Iran is still chanting for the death of America and the death of Israel. And so all around the world, uh, since the beginning of time, Satan, as the dragon, has been standing ready to devour this male child to try to destroy the redemptive plan of God, but it's never prevailed. 
It's never prevailed because God's redemptive plan is not going to be stopped by the enemy. God is sovereign and he's going to continue to do his redemptive work around the world. As much as Satan has tried to destroy the Jewish people and in effect through them, the Jewish Messiah, he has never prevailed. The Jewish people have been resilient. The nation of Israel has continued to survive despite really all odds. I remember hearing years ago when Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel was in his first term, when he was first prime minister, and he was in a meeting with the president of China, who at the time was uh, Zheng Zemin, and Zemin was actually complimenting Netanyahu and the Jewish people for being such a resilient people, and Netanyahu tells this story. He talks about how Zemin was talking about how the Jewish people, like the Chinese people, have been around for millennium. And it is true, the Jews, 4,000 years or so, the Chinese, 5,000 years or so. And Netanyahu, in the conversation, he said, with all due respect, President Jamin, I would also include the people of India. They can count their history back around 5,000 years as well. And then Netanyahu said to President Jamin, but do you realize a big difference between the Chinese people and the Indian people and the Jewish people? And Jamin didn't know the difference. And he said, here we are, people of longevity, 5,000, you know, 4,000, 5,000 years respectively. He says, the Chinese people number 1.2 billion people. The people of India number 1 billion people. But Jews number 13 million. Why is that? Because Satan has tried to exterminate a people has tried to kill the redemptive plan of God. And Netanyahu said to him, one major difference between our people, not just the population, but why? 1.2 billion Chinese, 1 billion Indian people, only 13 million Jews. Because the Chinese have always been able to live in China. And the Indians have always been able to live in India. But the Jewish people have been dispersed and scattered around the world and persecuted time after time after time. And miraculously still, God has preserved the nation of Israel and the Jewish people and brought them back together. And in 1948, a nation was once again established out of nothing from people who have been scattered around the world. And God brought them back and gave them a homeland. Today still, arguably, people have issues and there are you know, neighboring nations that refuse to acknowledge Israel's existence. But nevertheless, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the plan of God. Amen. So, she, in verse 13, says, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. So one time, two times, and another half. We're talking three and a half, so it's a reference to three and a half years. And some believe, and there's no way to really know this, but some believe that when the Antichrist comes to power, which is really chapter 13, and Satan is behind all this, when the Antichrist reveals himself for who he is, the Jewish people will flee, and some believe that the place that they flee into the wilderness is uh, believed to be the rock city of Petra, which is in Jordan. 
and yet we don't know this for sure, but that's a possibility, that the Jewish people will flee from Israel because once the Antichrist reveals himself for who he really is, and they realize that he's not the Messiah, and persecution is intensified, then they will flee, they will be given wings like an eagle that she might fly to the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for three and a half years. And from the presence of the serpent... Verse 15, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So chapter 12 ends here with John seeing that there's this you know, rebellion in heaven, Satan cast to earth, and then Satan's plan has been always to uh, try to hinder and disrupt and thwart the redemptive plan of God, the Messiah born through a Jewish nation as the Savior for the whole world. But when that did not prevail, the dragon just got even more angry. And so in chapter 13, we're going to see two principal players. I call them the diabolical duo. It's not Batman and Robin. It's the Antichrist and the false prophet. And the dragon or Satan is going to empower them in the earth to wreak havoc in the earth. And so let's go to chapter 13. We only have a few minutes left, but I want to at least set the stage. Chapter 13, then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. Okay, now they weren't literally, it's like. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who was like the beast, who was able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. And then he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. When you consider here, as we head into chapter 13, we're going to be talking about the Antichrist. The word Antichrist does not appear anywhere in the book of Revelation. The word that is used is beast. And he's referred to here as the beast coming up out of the sea. No New Testament writer uses the word Antichrist except John four times in 1 John, two times in 2 John. So even though we commonly call this individual the Antichrist, in the book of Revelation that word is not used. He's referred to as the beast. In fact, he's referred to as the beast uh, 28 times in the book of Revelation. And here are some other titles 
that he has in the rest of the Bible. He's referred to as the man of lawlessness in the NIV, or also called the son of perdition in New King James, that's 2 Thessalonians 2. He's referred to as the foolish shepherd in Zechariah chapter 11, and he's called the king who exalts himself in Daniel chapter 11. Thanks for listening today to Cornerstone Connection. This book of Revelation that you've been studying with Pastor Gary is one that many have studied and analyzed, tried and tried again to pinpoint on a timeline. When will Jesus come? When will these and times events take place? Have they already begun? There are many questions we don't have the answers to, and we won't until they happen. But there are some truths that we can hold on to. These events will happen. Jesus is returning, and he will defeat Satan once and for all. And all those who have made Jesus Lord in their life will be with him for eternity. What a wonderful time that will be. So where does that leave us? It's important to know what's coming so that you can prepare now and trust Jesus for what we don't know. We must give our lives to the Lord, and we need to give others the opportunity to do the same. We're so glad you tuned in for today's study in Revelation. If you'd like to explore more teachings from God's Word that Pastor Gary has shared, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you'll also learn more about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel. Come visit us if you're in the area. All the information you need is at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Join us next time for more here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.